everybody. Welcome into the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast. Brett Martin along with Dan Hicken. And it's brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. Hockey is back in Jacks. And by the way, the Icemen are on a roll. Sweep the weekend. Good. Yeah, with a little over a month to play in the regular season playoff push. And, Chipping uh, away. Chip, chip, was... chip, chip. They were within seven points last time I saw, so they must have been able to pick up a few more. I would think, depending yeah. on other outcomes this yeah. weekend. So good, good for deal. them. Good deal. Good for them. Playing good hockey. And everybody that keeps going to the Icemen, by the way. Uh, good this crowd on a, Sunday. This isn't just a sponsor mention. No. But – People on Friday and Sunday yeah. who have gone and said they're loving it. Yeah. So if you haven't been the Iceman yet, you should really try to check it out. Yeah. That's the word. Uh, those other big happenings over the weekend, Dan. Oh, goodness. Blake Bortles. Oh. Back. Now, everybody figured that might happen. Or not everybody, but a good amount of people. But then the extension on top of it, smart business move, I think, by the Jaguars. I mean, it's hard to argue. And a good for Blake, I think. Uh, gives him more money at the end of the day and a little bit more stability with a chance to once again prove himself to maybe become <laughs> like the quarterback of the franchise. What this move didn't do is say, hey, he's our franchise quarterback. It said, for now, basically, is our franchise quarterback. Well, a couple things. One thing I saw is NFL, the guys who cover the NFL and the media are all like, what a great deal for the Jaguars. Yeah. What a tremendous move. What a smart move. They free up cap space. Basically, you got to think that Tom, Dave, Doug Marone had a meeting, sat in the office, and said, here are the options. And are we better keeping the guy we got who got us within a quarter, five minutes of a Super Bowl, or at a, at a, at a financially prudent number, or do we chase Kirk Cousins and not be able to add anything else? It seems like, right? I mean, bottom line, because the other options are all, there's questions with all the other options. You know, A.J. McCarron is the unknown. You know, you know the other guys aren't upgrades. I mean, Sam Bradford, okay, great, but he'll never make, he can't play 16 games. Mm-hmm. One of the things Coughlin said in his statement was that, you know, Blake's reliability is a big factor, and it is. He doesn't miss games. Doesn't, he's basically taking every meaningful snap. So, you know, now they can... Hopefully, you know, add a few more pieces, work on the offense a little bit, and have a really good football team for the next three years and chase a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think what's interesting, Dan, is like when did they come to this? You know, when did they say, okay, well. Did they know right away. Hey, did they, did yeah. they? You know, how much confidence? I find a couple of things of note. One, I think we mentioned it, by the way, on this podcast multiple times. Say, hey, we floated this idea. Does it make sense to lock him in given the amount of QB salaries that you have? Right. And you have the what? See what I like about the quarterback position and what the Jags are doing here is you have flexibility with the contract and control over the quarterback position, mm-hmm. which is obviously going like off the charts now right. in terms right. of dollars and impacts your football team the way you do business the rest of the way. So now they can do that with this three-year deal. Right. Worst comes to worst. Worst case scenario, they say, yeah, yeah, this ain't gonna work, and maybe they have to pay an extra seven million dollars you know, because of the guaranteed money. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, that's really like the worst case scenario. So it really is a brilliant deal. But what if he is good? Like, what if his ceiling well, is just starting to hit? Absolute They got a steal, yeah. right? And yeah. now, and then they're going to have to eventually pay him big dollars yeah. if that's the case. But at least right now, if you look at some of these, these, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo just made $27 million. He's played seven games. <laughs> now you're getting a guy that's only a $10 million cap hit in 2018 who just took you to the AFC title game. Uh, I really just wonder where Blake's ceiling is. That's curious to me. I think Coughlin 
says a lot about how this building feels about Blake uh, because Coughlin could have easily come in here last year and said, hey, Dave, you're doing a good job with all this stuff, but I'm going to make the QB decision, and we need to bring in competition. Right. Well, everybody was shocked, didn't bring in competition. Right. Obviously, like at least what was out there compared to Blake, they like Blake. Well, again, we come back to this year. Could have brought in competition, could draft somebody high, could go chase one of these free agent quarterbacks and says, we're going to ride with Blake again. And which that's believable. I mean, if Coughlin thought highly enough about him last year yeah. to give him another chance, yeah. well, then after this year, you definitely feel pretty comfortable. Again, we've said it from time to time about it. So there's a lot of sense. Everything kind of adds up. I just don't know if it's what everyone wanted to hear on the outside looking in, which made for kind of a fantastic and fun day on social media. <laughs> you know, and give, you know, Caldwell and the the guys who do the contracts and Coughlin, those guys credit in this respect too. I mean, these are, these are contract-friendly deals that the team is getting. Uh, Telvin Smith, a lot of people said he could have got more money. So whatever they're doing – um, is working, and they're giving themselves the buzzword, a keyword, flexibility here to be able to pursue. Now, the next question is, what do they do with that first-round pick? Mm-hmm. Now you're thinking, now I'm thinking, I'd be shocked if they took a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I would too. I'd be shocked because immediately, once you pick a guy in the first round, no matter where you pick him, you know what happens. That's right. You know what the talk is. Yep. You know what the, you know, you know what, what, they can say all they want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Second round's different. A, they just told you they're not picking a quarterback in the first That's round. That's what I think. Yeah, I'd be they shocked. Told you. you don't yeah. commit to your quarterback. And you got to go him. get a uh, – listen, go get a playmaker, the best person who can affect your offense in the first round. And then whatever you do after that, it's fine. I mean, if you see somebody think it can really be a starter for you, you can use his trade bait. If Blake blossoms or whatever, get him in the second round. I don't care. Yeah, get the emotions out of it, and you can see some of the common sense stuff going on. First right. of all, I think it's worth noting what you said and brought up. This contract stuff is a very is a strength of this organization. Man, look impressive. At, look at Caldwell's contracts with a lot of different guys. Yeah. When Even the free agents who didn't work out, Jared Audrey, they weren't cap hits. See you two years they didn't later. Kill, they didn't kill the salary cap. That's right. You know, all right, I paid him some money, but he's out. And they continue to do that. Right. And, and now I want to give credit. I think we should give credit to John Idzik, former Jets guy, yeah. who came in here in the last few years, and I think that's one of his specialties. And I don't know if I'm giving him credit wrongly, right, right. but I think he's part of that. Tim Walsh down there as well does a lot of that stuff. But I think this is also Caldwell. Remember what they did with Beecham's contract? Yeah. They basically said, hey – you're one year, but you could make a lot more money. That was right. a very crafty contract. That was good for the organization, good for the player. See, I think people miss that. They always say, hey, it's good for the organization right. only. Well, it's also pretty good for the player. Sure. Like, this is a good deal for Blake. Yeah. Blake didn't have a market elsewhere. Yeah, where that's, was he going to get this money? He wasn't going to get that right. money. So that's why I thought the Jags had leverage to maybe make an extension here mm-hmm. more team-friendly. And, and obviously they did, too, and it worked out. So uh, pretty fascinating. I agree with you, though. There are there was a, a tweet or a story or something I saw today which was interesting. There are two teams in recent memory that have quarterbacks that are now paid like in the middle of the road mm-hmm. that drafted in the first round. I can't remember one of the teams, but the other example was Alex Smith and Mahomes. Right. So they said, well, okay, we got our guy, but we're not convinced it's our guy, right. so we still drafted a quarterback in the first round. One that they traded up to get. And they traded up to get him. And, and you now they looks what happens. Bait and but I do think that scenario is a little different. Yeah. They had given Alex Smith a few years already. Sure. And they knew maybe what his ceiling was. Right. 
The great unknown here is what is Blake's ceiling? Right. What if you put things around him? What if he is healthy? What if he continues to grow as a quarterback? Those are unanswered questions. For Alex Smith, they had kind of been answered. So I think it's a bit different. But again, I, I think common sense says they are not going quarterback here. And they might get... go second-round quarterback, I would say, the earliest. And that's if a guy like a Rudolph or someone like that, they really love right. and he falls to them. Oh, we'll give Blake some credit, too, for this. I love hearing that he's off to California. Mm-hmm. I mean, he found a formula that worked for him a year ago, and now he's saying, okay, look, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to train because he has said, if I don't work on my fundamentals, they go away. It's something that I have to work at continuously for the rest of my career. And I love the fact, and he should, but I love the fact that he's willing to put in uh, you know, a couple of months out, out there Working on his, working on his game. That's great. Yeah, I think it's, so it's a good it's a good sign. I, I think Dan, it goes back to saying I think we'll look at 2017's off season as the year where he learned to be a pro. And yes. you can take that for whatever you think it means. What I think it means is he learned what he needed to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. And now, what did it take? Well, it basically took a year where his back was his his career was on the line. He right. was at a crossroads. Right. But he went out there, he put the work in, he did whatever he needed to do with his body. He was in the best shape of his life throughout the entire season this year. Um and and I think he learned something. He said, you know, if you if you do that in any facet of life and you say, "Hey, I did this for 3 months, 6 months, whatever, and it really worked and I had my best year." Well, you're probably going to do it again. And I think he'll probably even try to increase that a little bit. So that's where I say, what is the ceiling for Blake? As he learns the quarterback position, yeah. as he learns to be a pro and a leader in this locker room, yeah. I think we might – I'm not sending him to the Hall of Fame. Right. I'm just saying I think we might be seeing the best of Blake still to come. And we started to get a glimpse of that in December and parts of January – we might, and and they obviously have a little bit of faith in that too, or they wouldn't have signed him to this extension. And one more thing, maybe, maybe just maybe, and I don't know this, and he probably would say no, but maybe, just maybe, when Doug Marone said the quarterback job's up for grabs, training camp 2017, you talked about the offseason, maybe training camp 2017, maybe that was a wake-up call for Blake Bortles. Might have been. Maybe that was the moment he said, look, I'm – I'm finished, or I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not giving it up. I'm not giving it up. I can do this, and it wasn't right away. Remember that week? It was eh, who's better, Henny or Bortles? Ah, some people. Eh, some people said Bortles. Yeah. Kind of went back and forth. Um, but maybe that served. I don't know. I don't know if it did or didn't. And I think if you ask Blake Bortles, he would never really be honest about that. Yeah, we'll ask him sometime. Uh huh. Down looking back. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if he'd million. ever give you an honest answer. <laughs> but but maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was something clicked in his head and said, "That's it. I'm 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 not giving this up." Well, you I'm, think you think I want to play? I love the game. I want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I'm put better. in too much work in the offseason. Yeah, and I'm better than this. Right. You know, maybe that too. And and you know, listen, these guys are always playing from ahead. They're the best athletes often in high school. Sure. He's an athlete in college, not really a quarterback, right. but he's a quarter, an athlete playing the position. Right. He's above average athlete. And then when you get thrown into that situation. It's a hard position. And you know this about Blake, and you got to give him this credit. He's a competitor, man. He loves, yeah. to, he loves to run you over if he gets a chance to run you over. Yeah. He, he likes to compete. And yeah. um, I think that if I'm Doug Marone, I someday say, yeah, that was my whole intention of this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it was. Absolutely. But I say, that was my intention and it That's worked. what I was planning on doing. <laughs> but, okay, so let's go here. Let's play GM because this is fun. We said that we don't 
first-round pick's got to be a tight end or a receiver of sorts or another weapon. We get it. Uh, maybe they pick a quarterback sometime in the first four rounds. I think they still will, maybe third or fourth round. Yeah. And I think still fourth round. I'm going for a fourth-round quarterback. That's that's my guess. Um, but let's take it. Where, do the mon- where does the money get spent now? You basically have three guys, mm-hmm. without looking elsewhere, but you have three guys internally. Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, mm-hmm. both free agents. Mm-hmm. And then you have Aaron Colvin, mm-hmm. free agent. Uh, do you think, have you changed, I guess, is this a tag or extend now with Allen Robinson? And by the way, really not much in terms of negotiations, but don't be alarmed by that. Right. Because I had heard there wasn't much in the way of negotiations as of midweek last week on Blake. Right. It all came together pretty quick. Right. So, so that's not might be not getting alarming. a call Today, who they knows? said, "Hey, let's take care of Blake, and yeah. now we might go take care of Allen." Yeah, I wonder if it means an extension for Robinson, or if we're still looking at a franchise tag, which I was leaning toward the last few weeks. I hope they can work something out with him again. That would be beneficial. I, but again, I, I mean, it seems like these guys are making the right calls and the right decisions. I trust those guys. They seem what they know we're doing. I mean, Coughlin and Caldwell have, and Marone have hit on a nice winning combination. Look. I don't think they can – I would keep Robinson. I'm not as worried about – a lot of people want Aaron Colvin to stay. I just don't – I can't imagine him getting the kind of money here that he's going to get elsewhere to be a starter in the NFL. Agreed. I think he's going to be highly targeted and sought after. You can't compete with that. Um, and you play three corners, just an enormous amount of money, well, and you're going to pay Jalen soon. Exactly. Um yeah, I, I don't think so. It's I don't a heavy know. investment at one position. A heavy investment. Corner's an important position, but and I know Colvin's on the field a lot, but I don't know, we can draft one of those guys, sign one of those guys. Tyler Patman could be one of the – I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. So, um, And I like Aaron Colvin. I think he's been great for Jacksonville. I just think he deserves a shot to be a starter. I think he probably wants to be a starter. Yeah. I think it's his time. You know no what I mean? Doubt. No doubt So go go be. get it. Marquise Lee, I think, goes elsewhere. I think both sides, you know, thanks for everything. We're going to keep Allen Robinson. We got a couple young guys and and Cole. We're going to see what he can do. Probably call Hearns and try to rework. And they're going to add a receiver to this team too, right? With the and then and then the pass catching tight end. You got to get the pass catching tight end. Yeah, you got to. We've do been it. saying that for years. Maybe this is the year finally. I'm going to tell you, I, I still have. I've thrown this out there once in a while, yeah. and I'm just not as convinced Marquise Lee is gone as everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And and how I say that is is twofold. It's kind of like Colvin. It's like I think the Jags will make an offer to Colvin, but he's going to have a bigger deal out there. Right. I think Marquise might be the same. Go ahead now. When you laugh at this, go look at the <laughs> receiver list. Have you seen the it's free not very receiving good. list? And by the way, Landry just got tagged in Miami. Yeah. Took another one off the board. Robinson would be the most sought-after receiver. He would be. If he was a free agent. And we think he'll be off the board. Yeah. So Lee is sliding up the board. So my point is, I think the Jags make an offer. I actually believe they will make an offer to mm-hmm. Lee. I might be dead wrong. But I think they will. The problem is, I think somebody else will make a better offer. Yeah. I think because of the market, somebody's going to be willing to pay Marquise Lee, who, if you look at his production the last couple of years, is not as bad as everybody claims it to be. Over 100 balls the last two years, yeah, right? I think everybody's expectation of Marquise Lee is Blitnikoff winner, guy that can fly. He's right. going to score from 70 yards out. That hasn't materialized. He's and I know slot he's, guy. He's dropped some balls in the clutch. Yeah. But I just wonder if they try to solidify that and then just cut bait completely with Hearns as an option. Yeah. Um, that's one other nugget I'll throw in there. I learned this a couple years ago. They can't necessarily just say, call up Alan Hearns right. and be like, hey, Alan, we would like to restructure. Right. It's not the way it works. Right. Now, overall, yes, you could do it. 
But the way it works, from what I understand, is you have to basically cut him. Mm -hmm. And you say, hey, we'd like to bring you back and renegotiate once he's cut. Mm -hmm. But You're free to go elsewhere. But he can go free elsewhere. And and they might say, hey, here's what we'd like to offer you. Yeah. But you might go get something else bigger. Sure, sure. But my point is, I think a lot of people just say, hey, you pick up the phone and be like, hey, we'd, we're going to have to cut you at $7 million a year, but we'd like to keep you at $3 million a year. It's just, it's not really the way it no. works from what I understand. No. So I would agree um, with that. It, it's not a, as, it sounds good when we're talking about it, right. but it's just not as easy, I think, to make work. A lot like this cousin stuff. Yeah. What everybody forgot is you have to cut bait with Blake. Right. And take right. that risk that you're going to land cousins. Correct. And that, that wasn't a risk I think these guys were worth you know, thought worth taking because there's no guarantee when six other no teams guarantee. are after him. So it's, it's just interesting, I think, that part of the business. It's been fascinating to watch these guys operate, and I think they do it at a pretty good level. I will say one more thing, Dan. We we, uh, we haven't done a podcast since, but Coughlin, Marone, Caldwell extended by the owner, yeah. Todd Kahn, uh, which is a great move, I think an earned move. It was just interesting because in Buffalo Bills week, we sat down with Khan, and he basically said he wasn't thinking about that. Right. But something changed, and I think it was the run to the AFC title game. Yeah. Or he just kind of sat back after the season was over and said this would be a good idea because if you look at the pressure that would have been on this those guys to win this coming year based on what they did, maybe you wanted to alleviate a little bit of that. I don't know what it is. but, um, but How I think, long is TC going to do this? I know, but I do think <laughs> – I guess my overall point to he this loves is, it. <laughs> is this organization feels as stable as it may have ever felt since the early 90s. Absolutely. Because the ownership is strong. Yeah. Nobody's talking about moving. No. They're talking about building more in the stadium in the city. You have Tom Coughlin here who's going to finish his career here, right. many people think. With Dave ready Dave to Dave Caldwell is now – remember when he said those formative years? Well, those formative years are moving into you know, yeah. his wheelhouse. Yeah. And now you're going to look at Dave Caldwell. If he stays through 2021, he would have been here for like eight seasons. Yeah. Or more than that, actually. That would have been almost ten, almost a decade. And if Doug Marone keeps winning, which – and they like him. You know, he's got he may have found And now you have your quarterback to too himself. to add to that. You think at least for the for the near future, sure. the immediate future you have your quarterback. And then look at this defense and some of the stability that they have there with some of the young players. It's as stable as this franchise Good point. has been in a long time. I don't know what that means, but it's certainly better than all the other talk that we've had over the last decade, I think. I think it's fantastic and I think it's uh when you have a stable franchise, you can really focus in on the thing, the little things that will allow you to become, you know, that Super Bowl champion, which is what they desperately want to become here. That's what they're trying to do. They are going to set out, and this is going to be fun. We haven't said this in a long time. We didn't say this at the beginning of 2017. It just happened to work out that way. But going into 2018, we're going to talk about the Jaguars with one goal in mind, going to the Super Bowl and winning it. They got to the AFC Championship game. You know, the great thing about the NFL that I, isn't like this in baseball anymore is there's only a handful of teams. There's only three, four, five teams in the NFL every year where you say, no way, no chance that they can go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no shot. And we, we're out of that now. And not only are we out of that, but in these power polls and such, we're going to be one of the guys that teams are picking or that the experts are picking to uh, have big seasons, and and that's what the Jaguars are going to try to do, which is great. A lot of fun. Combine coming up this week. Yes. We'll see. I, I mean, it feels – Combine feels 
to me more heavy on the locals. There's a good half a dozen local guys, including including like Hayden Hurst, who are going to be up at the yeah. combine. It feels almost more important from our view for those local guys. Yeah, that seems to me like more the main storyline than the Jags because the Jags are picking 29. It could go so many different, different. ways. Yeah, it's, different it's just now. a different feel when it comes to this part of the off season. Awesome, um, but it's still fascinating uh, the combine. And Dave Caldwell, by the way, will talk for the first time in forever on Wednesday at the Combine. With Doug Marone, And right? Doug Marone, yeah. too. And we still haven't heard from Tom Coughlin since I think you wrote into work with him I've got Tom August. Coughlin in my sights, though. I know where he's going to be. I know where he's going to be in March. March 8th. <laughs> I can get him March 8th, I promise you. Okay. I will Good. get him uh, on that day, and I will sit down with him, and I will set that up. Plus, because that leads into his uh, J-Fud wine tasting event on March 16th. So I'm excited. We're coming that. after you, TC. You better ask the tough questions. I'm going to ask him. He's not ducking me. We're going to talk <laughs> hardcore quarterback, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to get some answers. I like it. I like it. For all. All right. Hey, that's a football talk uh, for, for now. Um, it was a great weekend. sports weekend, though. It was a pretty cool weekend. I mean, Tiger being back, how the world changes. Uh, here's an indication of how big Tiger is. And Justin Thomas won, by the way, and that's good for Brunch Eighth, with the tour show because seventh I picked time, them. seventh time in thirty-one starts. Yeah, I know. He's the next hottest guy. He's the we next keep guy. Doing that. I know. But here's the thing: I noticed ESPN had Rinaldi and Andy North at the Honda. Did they both? They had them both there live, all starting on like Wednesday. Well, I didn't realize well, that. Why are they there? One reason and one reason alone: Tiger, LT crowds. It's unbelievable. So. He's 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 still the man on the tour, and he's coming, man. I can't, I'm not going to tell you he's not. He's I mean, on Sat I didn't watch much this weekend because I was out of town. But I will say this: I'm reading and watching the highlights. If he had putted worth a darn on Saturday, yeah, he might have shot a 64 because he had like inside 10 feet about four different times where he. And I saw him get interviewed, and I think it was Dottie said. Uh, uh, this is your first round in the 60s on the PGA Tour in 917 days. Put that in perspective. And when she said it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Is he going to go? But he didn't. He was nice to her. But I, the old <laughs> Tiger would have been like, yeah, I guess, I got, I guess I'm not very good. Yeah, you know, something to that. Salty. Yeah, yeah, salty, salty, salty. He has changed, I think, in that regard. And by the way, on this comeback so far, early sample is he has putted pretty well. He but has. He didn't putt that great on what Saturday. What about the 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 he he's out driving people. Number one, the club head weekend. speed apparently is through the roof. He's healthy. He's healthy and strong at forty two. Yeah. Um. And and he was close uh, on a lot. His uh, distance from the pin was number one this weekend. Uh, he made a couple mistakes on fifteen. I I really think today, mm-hmm. meaning Sunday, um, in the final round, he was really trying to go for the win. He was like four shots back, right. and so he was trying to be perfect mm-hmm. or he was going to fail yeah and, and he, he kind of failed so that's okay um, play to win uh, yeah and you know tiger that's all yeah. he cares about he doesn't care about 12th place or no. 8th place or 20th place he do he, he just wants to win so he's coming he's coming and, and uh i thought rory mcelroy had some fascinating comments about tiger over the weekend Rory should be talking about rory because i don't know where he nine <laughs> over i don't know what's wrong with but but he actually said how about this it was pretty interesting two fronts he said tight it feels like tiger mania 20 years ago uh-huh which that will show you how much they feel it out there on right. these events which will make the players kind of fun again I, not again but yeah. it'll make the players fun this year by the way if he's there. when tiger is dueling in the next month or two if he stays healthy and again this is still my caveat he's got to stay healthy yeah. but when he's dueling with Jordan Spieth 
or Justin Thomas. I got news for those young guns who aren't intimidated. They'll feel it again. They're gonna feel it because it's gonna be it's gonna be ten to one Tiger. That's right. And he's got all, he's got the sympathy vote now. He never had it's that. It's unbelievable. He never had that. I mean, he, did, he did so many rotten things, but he's back. <laughs> I'm Tiger. It's unbelievable. But but Rory also said he said he thinks it hurts Tiger a half a shot each round. He said he thinks what the crowd the crowd because of what he has to deal with. He said when he's out there playing with Tiger, he's like he wants to pop uh, Advil after the round I because just, it gives I, him a headache. I think it's interesting. I think that's a sign of Rory's weakness. Maybe. And I don't think it bothers Tiger. A I don't lick. either. I didn't agree with him. I, just I think Tiger thrives on it, and I think Tiger. Why did Tiger wear red on Sundays for all these years? Come and get some, boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we we love this because we never see any. Listen, these athletes, professional athletes, are unbelievably good. So to have one who's better than everybody else, that much better than everybody else, just is fascinating to watch in so many levels. By the way, I know your radio partner, Jeff Prosser, agrees with me on this, but I think it is unbelievable what Tiger's doing right now. Yeah. Like, even to be in this position, yeah. top 12 at that golf course, which is a hard golf course, yeah. Yeah. after the layoff and problems that he's dealt yeah. with the last few years, yeah. and especially in the last year, I don't believe there's another player on earth that would do that, which speaks to his talent. His greatness. Is it, and I, I'm telling you, I don't think there's – now, could you have one round? Maybe. He just played four rounds of competitive golf against the best players in the world and was right there with them all. Yeah. And, and he's hardly played any competitive golf in the last I few know. years on a consistent basis. No, I know. I just think it shows his greatness. And that's why I'd love to see him win a couple of times just to ex- put an exclamation point well, you know, on Ar- that greatness. Arnie's tournament, he's won it. Eight times, But he's not I think. even committed yet to playing it. He's got to play in that he's one. He's got to play in it. He'll play in that one. Um, He'll play in that one, and then he'll go to Augusta. Then he'll go to Augusta. You yeah. figure he will. Um, yeah. I was thinking about this today since we're on Tiger. We'll talk about it right now for a moment. Mm-hmm. I was saying, why? Because I love Tiger. You know it. <laughs> but I was like, why do you like Tiger so much? Like, I'm trying to ask myself this question because I genuinely love I, I right. love watching Tiger play. I, and I'm not saying I love the guy. Right. But if you do think about it. You love him If a you think bit, about though. what he's done. Yeah. Whether it's the women, he's kind of an odd guy. Yeah, surly guy. Yeah, uh, not nice on a lot of different levels at right. times. Now the narcotics and driving and all right. this other stuff. And you're like, if that happened to anybody, like I wouldn't like that guy. I probably wouldn't even respect that person mo- very much. I probably because because, because but I love this guy. Like I hope he wins every week. I want him to shoot sixty five. See some weakness in the great one. He's human like the rest of us, and yet he plays at a level that no one else can match when he's on. I think has something to do with it. Yeah, but it's it is it's a, it, like I said. You know what's kind of like it's kind of like Mickey Mantle. You know, people love Mickey Mantle, right? But he had issues. But they didn't right? know didn't he, the issues then, like they know him like now. Point. Yeah, you just didn't see. It's a di- that was a different time. And so there was no ESPN. There was no yeah, Twitter. Could you imagine if there was Twitter following Mickey Mantle around the pictures? Was that picture of Bruce Pearl at the pool the, yesterday legit? <laughs> the outside sunning himself in a Gainesville pool well, in the middle of the so day? The face. <laughs> hey, good transition, by the way. Gators with a big win on Saturday over Auburn. Shocking. I think they're in the tournament. Uh, they need one more. I think they yeah. need one more. But now you look at that resume. That resume looks good. Yeah. 12th rank, two top 10 wins. Yeah. It looks pretty darn I think good. they're in. I, uh, Kayvon Allen, thank you for. Thanks for showing up. Holy smokes, man. Finally. Yeah. So, but, you know, they were real close to blowing another one, man. There they are, uh, you know, 
double digit lead and all I of a sudden it was happening. <laughs> and I guess there was a horrible call with about 40 seconds left. Yeah, it was a bad call. So, but then they b- to their credit, Chioza to Hudson, three-point play, and yep. they got it done and were able to get out of there. And Allen hit a couple big ones. With a victory, and Allen hit some big shots down the stretch. So Chioza's a concern, though. He keeps missing big free throws. Yeah. Still looks like he's kind of hit this wall a little bit. I know. Um, I think they asked maybe too much out of him this year. It's too That's hard to play. He, he called him the – and he is the most indispensable guy on the team. And he played good for so long, but I I don't think he's caught his second wind yet. But yeah, they got Alabama and Kentucky left. Kentucky at home. Kentucky's found its way too, by the way. Yeah, so, they're starting to look a little better. Um, that'll be a challenge. So uh, you know, we'll see. But for at least one night, it was nice to see. All right. One I last. thought we were going to talk about the Gator baseball team. Took two out of three from the U again. You know, when I was a kid, Miami baseball was unbelievable. Oh yeah. I mean, just unbelievable. Like oh, I yeah. heard of Miami baseball. I had heard of Stanford base. I'm growing up in Rhode Island now, yeah. and I love baseball. And the Maine Stanford, Bears. Stanford, <laughs> Maine Bears, pretty good. They were good inside. They had a great facility. <laughs> we'll do it. But I mean, I'd heard places like Pepperdine and LSU, of mm-hmm. course. And mm-hmm. Texas was good then. Yeah. Arizona State was big. Yeah. Not heard of Florida much, to be honest with you. Florida no. State baseball a little bit here or there. Uh, but Miami was like king. I mean, Miami was like they used to call some plays trick plays from Miami. Yeah. Like that was, those were like hurricane plays. Like we even up north, we they ran them. one in the college. I think they ran it Wasn't against that the that? Wheat Shockers, the yeah, Wichita was, State, then Wheat Shockers. Yeah. They, Do you know what Kevin O'Sullivan's record is against Miami? I thought I saw like twenty six and seven yeah. or something like that. Something like that. I mean, but that shows you, that shouldn't be like that. That's pretty good. I mean, that's crazy. You know, he's the best right now going. Oh, yeah. But what happened to Miami baseball? They're not even, like, on the radar, are they? Eh, they came around a little bit. Like, I, uh, they'll be all right. I think they got a decent team. I, so, I don't know a lot about It was about a couple them. years ago they were in the regional – or they might yeah. even have made to the series. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like – But it's not, you know – We talk about them anymore. Well, they won a bunch of College World Series. Yeah, they were so good. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, they were so – Anyway, good. we digress. What were you going to talk about? Yeah, no, that's good. I like oh. I like talking a little baseball. Yeah. Uh, we had a baseball weekend this weekend. Um. My, my last thought, uh, yes. so we can let you go. You're actually not even here today, but you've kind of come in. And by the way, I wanted to like to tell the Because I love the podcast. We have a combined 37 days off between you and me. I've counted, I think, in Do March. Oh. There's only 31 days in March. I don't know how we're doing that. Stuart Weber, get ready. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's catch-up time. We got to catch up, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> the families are I mean, not happy. They're not happy. Uh, but... <laughs> So I don't know where we're taking all that time, but I I, I feel like uh, that's what I counted up. All Either right. way, have fun. Uh, Thank you. We'll you be too. calling in on a lot of these podcasts. I know I got a I know I got a uh, a cruise coming up. Yeah, that's good. So that'll be fun. Uh, we got spring, spring break with the kids. Luckily, break. we're not on the same week this year. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. But um, all right, my last thought. Yes, sir. Is college basketball? Yeah. How big? I, do you, I think this is going to be huge, Dan. And I might be wrong, but I think the, um, Sean Miller stuff was interesting. I think this is going to be change the landscape of college basketball as we know it. I think it's going to hammer them early, and I think it's going to be a good thing in the long run. You're not convinced. Well, here's the one thing I, I will say before I tell you what I think about it. So far, you know, they talked about this changing the landscape, this rim-shattering, earth-rocking Fed report that was going to come down. Well, it is for one school, Arizona. But listen, with all due respect, if some runner says, I took Kevin Knox to dinner, I took Colin Sexton to dinner, I took uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s family to dinner, um, not only, by the way, a lot of these runners are 23, 24 years old, 
maybe they didn't, and they just want to cash out on it. Yeah. you got to corroborate that. And these schools were proactive in terms of Colin Sexton sat. You know, Wendell Carter's family says, he didn't, we didn't go to dinner. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, so, yeah, for I'm just, I guess I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Where is, they told me this was going to be, like, huge. Where's the huge? Well, I mean, it's huge that a coach is caught wiretap with, you know, and giving a player 100. And why did the player get to play Saturday night? I don't know. They can't. They said I don't know why they're allowing the players to play that are in. Like there are some. Like what was it? Dennis Scott a couple years ago, or was it Dennis Scott? No, it's the kid in Dallas. It's, uh, it's uh, the NC State kid. Yeah, yeah. Dennis. Yeah. Why am I missing his last Smith. name? Smith. Yeah. But forty three thousand dollars. I mean, now you're talking like that's when different. I, when I saw the one thousand dollars and stuff, I was like, yeah. really? I thought there'd be more money. Right. A hundred thousand. Yeah. Forty three thousand. That here's, you take notice of. Here's my take. I think. The system stinks, so it's corrupt. We all know that. Yeah, but I think the feds are slow playing it. You think so? I think this is a slow reveal. It might be. And I think we're going to see stuff every couple of days. Well, let's get it out before the tourney so we can see who's eligible and not. we got some decisions to make. Well, yeah, but if you, but I think that's part of this, which is interesting. I didn't know the feds work this way, and maybe they don't, or maybe right. they do. We'll find out. But I almost feel like they're ramping this thing up to right around Selection Sunday time oh. when they know it's their big time. Yeah. And they're going to say, hey, college basketball, look what – Look at this. Well, I know this. When the feds are involved, you don't win. The feds win. They do. That's all I know. And that's why I don't think if they said it's going to change the landscape, then it will. It's probably going to change. That's probably true. It was, it was, it was interesting. And I I caught the beginning of ESPN does a game day at the venue, and they were in Texas Tech this weekend, and they come out and it's you know the crowd's cheering. They don't care. They just want the college, but they got to sit there and for twenty minutes talk about what just happened. Yeah. Jay Billis, who's like kind of, t- he's kind of the impressive, intelligent voice of college basketball to me. Yeah, guy, I really value his opinion. Yeah, yeah, almost feels like he's like the commissioner of. Yeah, the Yeah, he kind of does, and he and and he'll he's not afraid to say what he thinks. Um, I wanted to hear what he had to say, and I mean, he just finished Sean Miller. Did he? Oh, because he stuck up for him before. He's. Uh, I'm shocked. He let me down. But they even talked about the system. The system is corrupt because the coach has a in between guys just to There's a make buffer. sure that the a buffer to make sure that the coach doesn't get involved in this stuff. That's right. And Sean Miller obviously wanted to handle everything himself. We're going to find out how smart or how good that buffer system was. Yeah. Because if they track anything back to the coaches, they're all done, and that's when it changes the landscape. You got Hall of Fame. And coaches did you see that Sean Miller, down. by the way, may get off with ten, eleven million dollars in his pocket? Yeah, he might get he because gets, of his contract if he structure. Gets fired rather than resigns, <laughs> oh, or fired oh. without cause or with cause. With cause. Instead of without cause, yeah. he gets more money. It's unbelievable. Something crazy. Who made that deal? No. I want that agent. His agent, yeah. Um, but, but hey, by the way, I do have one exception on Billis. Uh-huh. Billis does claim to be the czar of college basketball. Well, if he claims it, but he well, accepts he kind of does. Yeah. Um, and I think people like you and I say, hey, I, I respect his opinion. Mm-hmm. And, well, he did two things this weekend, and that's okay. One, he says, hey, if you think this is prevalent in football too, then you're crazy. Correct. And I agree with him. All right. I also think it's a dirty sport. Right. But – when he said we've known this has gone on, right? Well, then what have you been hiding behind if you've known it's been going on? Well, that's a good point. So, you know, he's a big player in this sport, mm-hmm. yet he turned his eye to it too, much like to me how Major League Baseball did to steroids. Yeah, you know, years ago, and I'm yeah. not putting him on the same wavelength, but in my same, I'm like, wait a minute, Jay, you just you've stuck up for the sport for a long time and never. Why haven't you told us about this before? It seems like you knew about it mm-hmm. because everybody knew. 
And uh, very interesting because Lonzo Ball came out and said, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> see, now people are going to talk. Yeah. And and they hadn't. It's always been the thing. How does pe- how do people not talk about this? Like if Joe Smith, just not Joe Smith the player, but right. any Joe Smith gets fifty thousand dollars when he's eighteen. Yeah. How does ten years later or twenty years later, Joe Smith or his family not leak that out some way, shape, or form? And I've always th- been amazed. Well, at I'll that. say this too. Now keep in mind. Sometimes the players don't get the money. They're just a pawn. That's true too. Sometimes the players never see that hundred. That hundred thousand dollars for for the big kid from Arizona, that could have gone to the agent to steer him to Arizona, um, because obviously the kid's gonna. We they knew. See what people have to understand, and this is for the sports fans. In the NBA, in basketball, in the sport of basketball, at the age of sixteen and seventeen, you could start to tell what kind of talent a kid has. Oh, yeah. It's not like football. So it's 16. Football or, takes till 21. You know, it's, it's a more, strength, I mean, the five-star kids are 50-50 whether they make it or in the in, in college basketball and when you're 16 years old and you have unbelievable talent, they're going to project you to the NBA and that's when the agents take notice and that's why they don't get anything out of it, but they do in the long run because they're gambling on the kid making it to the association and you being his agent and you know, getting the riches that the kid is going to make. So. This is so in-depth. Uh, college basketball has gone so in-depth. But see, the cash is where they made the mistake. Because I've heard stories where now instead of, you know, it used to be like the cars. Yeah. Like, it used to be like car dealerships. Yeah. You'd give the kid a car or right, something right, like right, that. Right. Right? Remember, that was like in the 90s. Ni- yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But that was like the old trick. Well, boosters. Well, and... then people figured that out. Yeah. And they said, we better slow that down. Yeah. At least that's the way I feel. Yeah. Well, now it's like, hey, um, Johnny's uncle it needs surgery and uh, right. or a transplant, right? Or they, they'll go that far around right. to help a kid out, right? Maybe it's a house for grandmother instead of him, so it's not directly related, mm-hmm. but they'll help out some way, shape, or form. That's at least what I've heard. So I mean, just think about much they think about this stuff to it's, get a kid on their campus. I mean, to the help N- them win football. NCAA basketball. needs to clean it up, and they need to clean it up now. And it's it's a corrupt industry, and it really is. It's because it got because the money got out of hand. But the everybody, money. nobody, you want know nobody talked because everybody was making money. Schools, TV networks, right? Uh, players, family members, agents. And be yeah. everybody. You're not going to pay the players. Somebody's going to pay the players. Everybody's making money. Yeah, and so and that's why I think it's and everybody cheats. Everybody cheats to different levels. Accepted. To different levels, but everybody cheats. Amazing. I, 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 I'm really excited actually to see where it goes. Yeah, and I'm not happy for the sport. I love no. college basketball, but we've all turned our eyes to it and said, hey, you know what? We just like that tournament in March. We're going to watch anyway. <laughs> We're going to fill out a bracket. And the, again, that thing it's, uh, on Sports Center yesterday was the perfect example. Those kids didn't give a darn about all that stuff. They just wanted to cheer and beat Kansas. That's right. Beat Kansas. We just want to beat Kansas, baby. But it's, it's also why I've always appreciated the mid major level of college hoops mm-hmm. because you didn't feel like that was going on. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, few who built Gonzaga. I don't feel like he was paying people and said he was going to Australia to get guys. And then he built up his program. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is. But mid-major, uh, not that they're mid-major anymore. <laughs> they're a pretty much a powerhouse. But uh, interesting stuff in college basketball. That month of March, by the way, looks awful busy. Like, there's a lot of different events. I'll tell you what, man. I did the calendar for this week. I couldn't believe how busy this week is. I don't, I don't need that. Uh, no, we don't need that. But, uh, by the way, uh, saying that we might do a midweek podcast if we can get together. <laughs> okay. But uh, Dan Mullen's in town on Monday. Yes. So it'll be interesting to talk a little football. Combine. A-Sun Tournament combine and uh obviously uh, we get closer and closer to um to basketball and uh 
and baseball season and all that good stuff. Tebow's in town next season, weekend. By the way, basketball uh, March Madness. I see Tebow's in town next weekend. Tebow's He's got, got his, his golf tournament. You know what's interesting about Tebow? Uh, you know, we didn't talk about him last week, but obviously Alderson said, "Hey, he thinks he can make it to the bigs." Yeah. But he still ha- he must have one of the unique deals, and I always wonder if players get mad, yeah, or do they care because he gets but, out of there. But he's getting out of spring training next week for two days to come up to his tournament. Yeah, and I think he puts in so much work they don't. They they just say hey, that's part of his deal. Yeah, you know, and uh, but it's interesting, right? Yeah, I, and maybe oh, yeah. other guys do it, and we just don't hear about it because you hear about everything. The guys get does. days off, I think. Yeah, yeah, that might be the case. Maybe his Veterans Day, quote unquote, is to be able to go, even though he's not a baseball vet. He is kind of a vet when it comes to baseball. He, he, he got hurt. I think he fell over a sprinkler today or something. Did you see that? Mm-mm. And he banged up his hand, but he might DH tomorrow, they said. Mets are 2-1 and one in uh, spring training, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you in August. <laughs> that's time to end the podcast. Talk to you in August. All right, uh, that's the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast with Brent and Dan. A lot to talk about. Woo. And now it's time to get some days off around here. It's catch-up time. Brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. Hockey is back in Jackson. The Iceman are on a roll. Go check them out down at the arena. Check the schedule for the next month or so. I think they have about eight more home games to go with. We went arena. like 40 minutes on this podcast. It's a big podcast. i got to go do some work. You All right. Home. See you.